across the world, real estate agents are underachieving. They're missing out on millions of dollars in commissions. My name is Pat Hyben, and in the past 27 years, I've sold over 6,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in real estate volume. My plan is to interview agents from across the world and help all agents create their destiny. This episode is brought to you by Rebus University. Hey guys, Pat here. You've heard me talk about Rebus University and the success we're having with it. Have over 120 people taking the listing agent course right now as we speak. Wanted to read you a, a comment. I've got seven comments, all five star comments on it. And it says, wow, first class material Jeff Cohn is a rock star. Rachel Adams is a rock star. All the presenters deliver tons of value. Thank you, Pat, for drawing out that little extra from each presenter. If you are a realtor or thinking about becoming one, invest in yourself with Rebus University. I couldn't say it better. Dion hit it right on the head. We've had a ton of people graduate. The other day I read off the list. We've had a lot of people in there talking on the dialogue section. Some of the, the greatest things that people like are, are the way we talk about rapport building, commission enhancements, sales techniques, objection handling, all the good stuff that are going to help you beat your competition over and over again on listing appointments and never, ever, ever lose a listing again to a competitor. And we make sure that by creating quizzes, there's 42 tests that you got to take and get an 80% or better on before you get your certificate as a pass for a certified listing agent. So as a listener of the show, I, I have a coupon. It's a hundred bucks off. Just go to hybendigital.com backslash discount, hybendigital.com backslash discount. It'll take you to the Rebus site. And uh, on the Rebus site, which is rebusuniversity.com, you can look at, you can even play in some of the modules. You can look at a couple of the, the videos for free kind of take it for a test run highly recommend it and of course when you get the course on how to win every listing you get 28 downloads that are completely downloadable print them out change them make put your name on and make them the way you want that all these eight agents from around the world who are top 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 listing agents use on a daily basis when they go on their listing appointment so in addition to the 10 hours plus a video, the 42 quizzes, and the 28 downloads. You get all of that, and then you get a discussion board where you can talk to other Rebus students at the same time. So, hybendigital.com backslash discount. Now, on with the show. Okay, Rockstar Nation. Man, if you want to win... Your next listing and every listing thereafter, you need to listen to today's show over and over again and take as much notes as possible because this is a good one. I've been wanting to get this guy on the show for a long time and he has blessed us with his presence today. I have Peter Hernandez on the line who's with TELUS Properties in Greater Los Angeles. And this is an industry veteran. It's like 40 some years plus in the business. And they've created this incredible listing presentation that they've tried out over 200 times and it has a 94% close ratio. And there's stuff I guarantee you on this show that you have not heard or tried on a listing appointment before. So tune in. And Peter, without further ado, welcome to Pat Hyben Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, Pat. Thank you so much. It's it's such a pleasure to be on your show, and uh, I wasn't avoiding. I mean, I, I wanted to get on too because it's such a great. I love giving back. You know, one of the most satisfying things for me, Pat, is 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 giving back. And when you've been in the industry as long as me, and you go from top salesperson to top manager, and then being promoted from manager to president of Coldwell Banker. And then, you know, starting and founding Telus Properties, which sits at 22 offices now from Carmel to Coronado. And, you know, we're honored by Inc. 500 as the fastest growing company uh, in California. 
you know, it's, it's great to, to have all the success, but if you don't give it back, it's worth nothing. And so for me, the opportunity to help any agents that might be listening on to this call, help our TELUS agents um, in any way possible. If they just get one nugget, one thing, you know, I don't proclaim that we're the end all, but, you know, we work pretty hard at what we do. So we might have something good here for your listeners. Yeah, well, I'm sure that's a reason why you're the fastest growing company in California is because you have such a giving servant leadership style. Would you say that's true? Well, you know. My partners and I, we laugh because we start at about 4.30 every morning with this call that's called the call to greatness at 5 a.m. And, you know, and then we, you know, do weekly coaching calls every single morning. Uh, We don't shut down, you know, until about 11 at night. So, you know, we put probably the longest hours in and it's all for creating a, a amazing agent platform because our theory is if agents aren't in front of a client taking a listing negotiating an offer if they're doing admin or working on arts and crafts they're out of the business so our goal (laughs) is to take all of that kind of repetitive stuff that they do all day long and get them out in front of clients prospecting whatever so that they can build their businesses because if they're doing admin or they're doing arts and crafts they're they're not in the business and i have a saying pat and i think you'll appreciate this most agents when they make a sale or take a listing that's when they go out of business because their entire focus it becomes on that sale or on that listing, which means that they're not doing what they need to be doing, which is building their pipeline. Because you see, Pat, most agents are too transactional. They're all like, where am I going to do my next deal? They're not thinking like, how am I going to put 12 more deals into my pipeline? How am I going to get 15 listings? They're not thinking big enough. They're not thinking pipeline. You know, they're not prospecting you know, consistently. So that's where I see you know, most agents falling down is they go from deal to deal. Then when the deal closes, they like stick their head up like it's out of the sand, look around and say, oh my gosh, I don't have another deal. Yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't change, right? I mean, I don't care if it's it's 20 years ago, 40 years ago, or 10 years from today. It's the same issues. Uh, the same agents are going to continue to make the same mistakes. And I'll, and hopefully a podcast like this and books and things like that are going to uh, take them, keep them from doing that. But, but what I want to talk to you about today is this listing project, this experiment, so to speak, that you did by hyper-focusing on listings. And I like this because I, I'm a big believer in listing. I don't think any real estate agent out there should go into this business, in my opinion, thinking that the best way about it is only work buyers. I I think that if you're going to think one way, it should be I only work listings. And then buyers are a byproduct of listings. And with that in mind, you know, I was told that you had developed this really neat, whatever you want to call it, uh, listing appointment through hours and hours and hours of research that when you went on it and you did everything on the checklist, you had a 94% success rate or your agents have a 94 success rate. So can you give us a story in the background on this and what you call it? Absolutely. Well, me and my partners, uh, Shiraz Trivatsa and Peter Lowy are, are, are firm believers that good process drives good results. And we can guarantee good process, but you can't always guarantee the result. So having a process and having a good process that you can iterate over time is what's going to make you extremely successful in this business. But what we realized, Pat, and you'll appreciate this, that we looked at every single coach in the marketplace, all of them, and they had either never been on a listing appointment in their entire life or they maybe 30 years ago were a successful agent. And if you want to lose an agent really quickly in terms of credibility, tell them something like, well, when I was in business, this is how we did it. Because at that moment, they're just going to blank out. So my partners and I decided that if we really wanted to become the listing company, if we really wanted all of our agents to become listing agents, we better well get out there and get in the living room with our agents shoulder to shoulder and find out what's going on so that we could get really, really, really good at this. So we embarked on that. And two years ago, 
uh, we started going on listing presentations with our with our agents. And what's really interesting about it is the agents that started using us first and most were our top agents. These are agents that are making anywhere from five hundred to three million dollars a year are taking the owners of their firm on to these listing appointments. So what we got to see was from Carmel to Coronado, from Beverly Hills to Pasadena, from Manhattan Beach to Newport Beach, we got to go in all these different areas in a zillion different price ranges from a $500,000 condo to a $150 million listing in Bel Air to projects to fixer uppers, every kind of property, every kind of different seller. We got to, we got to go with all of our top agents and all of our agents are top agents. So we were able to see what they do. And by doing and developing a process around this, we've been able to dissect, dilute, and, and, and we created amazing marketing materials around this. And we created a system of coaching and training for agents because we actually, like you said, through this process, we have a 94 0.38% success rate when we go with our agents on these listing presentations. So it's been massively successful in that we got so much data and so much content to work with that, you know, we continue to do that. Like I was saying earlier, I'm, I, I just got two calls today to go on two different presentations this week with agents. That's so awesome. it's, it's ongoing. Well, if it was 94% and I was one of your agents, I'd bring it to every one, you know, I mean, especially if it was a high commissioned one, you know what I mean? I mean, anyways, I'm excited to find out the nitty gritty on this and I really appreciate you sharing this. So I, I recently created a, a product on, uh, I took eight agents and I interviewed them and I know you did a lot more than eight on their listing presentations. And, and we broke it down into six categories. We broke it down into the call, step one, the the walk, step two, where you walk around the house, the sell, where you're selling the marketing presentation, step three, step four is the price, step five is the commission, and step six is the close. So I'm gonna break this down into like six, six parts just to keep it simple and focused. So tell me about the call, tell me about what you tell your agents to do before they even show up. Well, okay, so that's interesting, right? And we don't look at it at the, as the call. We think the first step is the preparation, right? So assuming you have the appointment and now you're preparing for the appointment, this is, this is really, really critical. And we, we actually break it down into one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight eight things to kind of research and do before you actually go on that appointment. Number one, Google the client. Research their personal interests and their professional backgrounds. A great example was one of our agents discovered that their client, and we, and we deal with all kinds of clients, and we deal with clients that you know, only make days on, you know, make decisions on certain days of the year, or they're following astrology, or maybe they're extremely bottom line business people. So you get all these different types of clients. So understanding them, understanding their personality type and all those things are really important. Now this one, this one agent discovered that her client was really in the yellow and it was a very, very successful matriarch. She loved yellow. So she bought a beautiful yellow dress and went on the appointment. And of course it was a hit. Wow. So Google your clients, research their backgrounds, figure out their interests and that's going to help you get into a relationship with them right from the start. That is awesome. I, lo I love that. I love that example of the yellow dress. I mean, why not be bold, right? You, you want to win, right? Right. I mean, and, and I love the Google thing because it's so easy now, right? Google them. Look at their social media. I mean, try to figure out what their personality type. Do you do that? Do you try to like break it down DISC based on what their social profiles yes. are? Yes. And you have to – and you have to – get into this, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, I'm just drop, drawing a break. NRLP, whatever it is. NLP. Neuro-linguistic yeah. programming where you determine their their personality trait. And then you've got to really, really match and mirror. And the people have a hard time with that because they think it's going to be obvious to the other person that they're doing that. And ironically, the more you match and mirror them, the less likely they're going to feel that way because they're going to feel more comfortable and natural with you. It's mm. just it's just a human tendency. Oh, my God. I, I imagine when, the, when, when your agent walked in the door, the lady was probably like, 
I love you. Gave her a hug. You know, I mean, come on. Like, th this is fascinating. So can we it go It was in more like, where did you get that dress? <laughs> yeah, I want one. And she's like, you could probably have it if you uh, list with me. <laughs> well, you know what? We did get that listing, which was pretty interesting. So, so what, are, what are the other seven? I'm, I'm fascinated uh, by well, this. Well, the other one is this, and this is the biggest thing. You know, um, real estate agents are being commoditized. And one of our entire goals of our research and study was how do you decommoditize agents? Because they're going to line you up like five red apples and they're going to say the apple I can get for the cheapest price that will do the most marketing and that will work for the lowest commission is the one I want to hire because guess what? All agents are the same. And that's the mindset a lot of what the client is bringing to the picture. The other thing is that you've got to realize, um, Pat, is that all, e all these sellers think they know a lot. And you know what? They know nothing. They know nothing. All they've done is go on Zillow and they think they're experts in real estate. The reality is, is they have no idea what it takes to sell a house. They have no idea how to determine value for their property. And so as the, as the agent and stuff like that, we've realized two things, two things. When you're on a listing presentation, now I want everybody to write this down. Think about this. You're either going to solve their problem or you're going to educate them. You're either going to solve their problem or you're going to educate them. Otherwise, you're going in there with the attitude, I'm going to wag my tail harder than anybody else. I'm going to do more marketing than anybody else. I'm going to reduce my commission more than anybody else. And I'm going to overlist this property because I want this listing so bad. And if you don't pick me, pick me like Donkey and Shrek. Yeah, no, right. Yeah. You don't want to be Donkey and Shrek. <laughs> if you think about, if you think about um, lawyers and accountants and, 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 and other professionals, when you go and interview with them, they're not selling, they're not selling themselves to you. They're finding about about you. They're educating you and they're solving your problem. And that's what makes you want to hire them. That's the approach we believe is the successful approach in this. So number three, after you've Googled, researched them, and looked at their professional backgrounds, next thing is you've determined their personality traits. So now you're matching and mirroring and you're talking at the pace and the rhythm they are. The third thing is you've identified their issues and hot buttons and their potential tax issues, trust issues, title issues, timing issues, whatever it is, privacy issues, whatever the issues are, and you you know, and you resolve those, you problem solve for those, and that's how you help them. Also, educate them. Agents assume their clients know a lot. They assume they understand the MLS. They assume they understand the multiple listing process. They assume all of these things. And if you would just take the time to explain your strategies on how you submit listings into the MLS and why, and how you do multiple uh, offer presentations, and how you determine which offer is the best offer, how you vet offers, how you vet agents, how you do all these things, and, and, and then give them examples. Throw down some flyers of some different properties that you've sold and say, oh yeah, on this property, we had multiple offers. We ultimately took an offer for 10000 less because it was all cash, I knew the agent, and just go into your reasoning. That's how you create trust, and that's how you educate them that you know what you're doing, that you can see around corners, and that you're going to be there for every issue of the way. So number three is, is identify issues, hot buttons, potential tax, trust, title issues, et cetera, so that you can educate and that you can solve their problem. That decommoditizes you. Does that that's, make sense? That's great. I, I love the thought. Go in there, find the problem, and solve it. How do you find the problem? What are some tips there? Well, you, in, your, in your prep, you, you, know, you ask questions. So like one of the things I love doing is one of my first questions to a client on a listing presentation, and you'll love this, Pat, is I'll say, have you ever sold a home before and did you use an agent? And ultimately, they're going to say yes. And I'll say, well, what was your favorite things about that experience and what experience did you really hate? What part of the experience did you really hate? Hmm. And then let them open up. And they will, in that next paragraph, Tell you where you need to go with your meeting. How? Okay, so so keep going on this. So how? Like, well, give me an example. Say, yeah, the agent didn't respond quickly, or got didn't it. Call, okay. or they'll say the agent didn't uh, honor our request for privacy, and they blabbered everything all over the internet. Or maybe they'll say, you know, um, they just didn't listen. I mean, yeah, you don't, don't, right, don't yeah. come up with all kinds of things. Or they may say. 
we really like that the agent did this or that, and then you can actually incorporate that into your into your presentation at all as well. I love it. But like, but like, but like, then you would ask them questions like, well, do you have any tax considerations? Is your property in a trust? Let's talk about timing. You know, let's talk about logistics, and that's where you can really start. You know, solving problems and finding out what their issues are. You could ask them the question, Pat, like, what are you most nervous about in selling your home? Great question. Fantastic question. You know, what is your biggest concern? In an ideal world, how would this play out for you? How would you like it to go down? Ask them stuff like that. Because you either need to tell them that's impossible, it's not going to happen, let me tell you why. Or you need to tell them this is how we're going to make that happen. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You're essentially setting them up, right? They don't know it. You're setting them up with questions that you're going to you know, be set up for to, to win. So when do you recommend asking these questions? you recommend asking them uh, while they're touring the house um, or do you sit them down first and ask all these questions? What's, the, what's it look like? Well, the important thing, Pat, is you got to take control from the start. And so if the client takes control and starts walking you around the house and and, 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 and then they say where you're going to sit down and they, they kind of start leading the conversation. You're going to get on the defensive and in the tail wagging mode pretty darn quickly. And so what we like to do is like, we like to go in and say, let's, let's, um, let's take a look at the front. Of, let's take a look at this house and let's walk through it. Um, where would you like us to, to sit down after we're through with that? Oh, on the kitchen here. Great. This is where we'll sit and talk. All right. Now let's go out. Let's go out and start this over. Let's go outside the house. And I would like you, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, to take me through this house as if we were buyers. And in that, let's figure out, you know, why you bought the house, what parts about the house you liked the most. And so, in other words, taking control from the beginning is really going to help. And so don't let them control the process or the flow. Make sure that you go in there, as you call it, the walk. The you know, walk. Make sure that it's all at your direction and the way you want it to flow, okay. the way you want it to go, and have a way in your mind that you like doing it from, from the beginning. Some of our agents like to sit down and talk first and look at the house afterwards. That's okay too, but make sure it's your idea. Interesting. I like that. I like that. Now, are you taking notes or do you just kind of um, uh, walk around and, and let this, the stager or, the, or not, an assistant not, do not. all the note taking later? Absolutely not. You must take notes. You must be writing everything down. Um, I think it looks really good uh, optically from the seller's point of view to see you taking an interest and taking notes right from the start about the property, you know, uh, you know, about anything that might need to be done for staging or anything like that right off from the start so that they can see that, you know, you're detail oriented and that you're going to follow through on everything. I think that's a, a really good thing. I, I, I know some people take fake notes. You know, just to look like they're taking notes, but they're not going to have a stager come back and, and hyper take notes, you know, on all the little details. But that's that's good. I think it, it serves the purpose of, yeah, you want to look organized. You don't want them to think, oh, he didn't even write anything down. Right. And make sure also, number four, that you really know the motivation, timeline, and price expectations. And motivation is key um, because you absolutely – need to understand why they're selling um, because their motivation is something that you have to keep bringing them back to when you're talking about price, when you're talking about timing, when you're talking about receiving offers and all those things. If you really know their motivation and you keep reintroducing that back into the conversation, it'll help move the clients forward. Clients get stuck on things. They get stuck on you know a price they think they need to get or they get stuck on these issues. And the, and, and they're really just little little roadblocks um, that are going to prevent you from making the deal. So when these little issues and these these things come up, it's always great to say, well, remember why you're moving so you can get back to your grandkids. You know, remember that, you know, this is very important because you wanted to downsize. You know what I mean? And so whatever it is that they're, you know, knowing their motivation is so critical, not only to whether or not you should take the listing or not. You know, but just when you're in the listing process or in the sale process, it's a great thing to, to always anchor to when you're talking to the client. So just keep coming back to motivation. Keep coming very, back very to, yeah. Reminding them their goal because it's so easy in the emotionality of real estate. And this is really why I think it's going to be very hard for computers to take our jobs away from us is because, like, you know, computers are, can read better. They can do all kinds of things better than humans. But one thing they don't have is empathy. And empathy is the secret to 
um, being successful in life. And what's really interesting about that is women are better at empathy. So, you know, this is something that men are going to have to work on if they want to stay, you know, super successful, because at the end of the day, lawyers aren't even going to read their briefs anymore. It's going to be all read by computers. So, you know, some of the things, you know, can be automated, but one thing that definitely can't be automated is automation. So being able to connect with the clients on a really deep level is what's going to make you super successful. Understanding their motivation is one of those keys. I, I, I agree with that. You know, there's all these companies and, and things coming out now that, that are, you know, trying to disrupt the real estate commission as we know it with, you know, artificial intelligence or with people that are willing to be like an old BPO agent where you get paid $50 for a BPO. You now you get paid $150 to write a contract or you get paid, you know, $50 to show a house so they can, they can make 10 $50 checks in a day just by showing 10 houses. And I think the only thing, the main thing that's going to pull uh, the commissions up uh, and maintain them is is this empathy uh, piece, is this uh, piece of, of of being there, you know, for them. And and so that's 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 huge. Well, now, now that it's the empathy and then don't forget it's being able to solve their problem and mm, being able to educate yeah. them too. Right? right. So it's 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 all of that. I think one of the and this is um, you know goes into a different part of our call, which is maybe the ten things that every seller should, you know, the 10 key things that we found that every seller is looking for. But the one, the one of those, um, is that agents don't talk enough about from contract to close. They don't talk about all the ways that they can help their clients either make or save money through contract to close. You know, assuming anybody can sell a house, what happens from the day it goes into escrow to the day it closes, is is very very interesting so there's a real value proposition in in being able to talk about that in a really good way and that, so, that's part of the education i guess right that's correct that's correct now mm -hmm. how how long are your appointments uh, taking well they go anywhere from an hour to two hours and it's really hard to in my opinion to rush an appointment unless someone just says hey i don't care just sign the listing and get on with it and that happens and you can be in and out in 15 20 minutes but Assuming that most of the ones that we're going on with our agents we're in competition with because if the agent's just going to go take a listing, they don't really need to drag us along. But when we go with them, it's because there's, you know, two or three other companies and they're all baller agents. And so we got to go in there and crush. So that's why that's why, you know, we, we really focus a lot on on this preparation. So yeah, I, I think it's a mistake that, uh, you know, to be honest with you, of these quick listing appointments, because. Um, you know, I believe that if you work 10 hours a day and you only have one listing appointment, that's your most important time of the day. That hour or two hours is your most important part of your day. All the rest is BS. That's the time where you need to be on the game, on your game and not uh, rush through it. And you know what? Um, agents don't rehearse and practice their listing presentations enough. And, and we're kind of going... We've only got, we're only like two thirds of the way through, you know, preparation for listing appointments, you know, um, and, and we're like right now on this particular call, focusing on what we need to do to get ready for a listing appointment. We haven't even really gone to the listing appointment yet. Right. So, you know, we've Googled the clients, we've determined their personality traits, we've identified their issues, you know, uh, we've looked at their motivation timeline and their price expectations. And, and now we have to go, you know, the next one is let's brainstorm questions to ask them. Let's, let's have a sample marketing plan and presentation materials. Let's build a sample agenda uh, and, and go through that. And that's where we look at the property. And once we understand the property, you know, we start thinking about who is the buyer profile, you know, because if you market to everyone, you market to nobody. In this world, you know, advertising is becoming spam. So the only way a, a buyer is going to relate to a particular piece of marketing or advertising is if it directly answers one of their questions or satisfies one of their needs. So really understanding the buyer profile and then, you know, shaping all of your, you know, your social media, you know, uh, old school, new school, marketing, advertising, Internet, everything based around that buyer and then integrating it into a solid marketing plan. That's how you're going to do that. And the the other thing we do when we're on the listing appointment that's so critical is we talk a lot about this. And, and you'll love this, Pat. Like often on a listing presentation, 
And this is one of the commoditizing questions that clients ask is they'll go to an, they'll go to an agent and say, hey, what are you going to do for marketing for me? And this is where agents like, you know, they may even say, Bobby Joe is going to take out three pages in the local paper. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. They're going to do this. Going to that. What is your marketing plan? And then this is where agents really go into tail wagging mode, right? And we learned, Pat, and I want everybody to write this down. This is the greatest response to that question you can ever, you can ever, you can ever say. When the next time when a client says to you, what are you going to do for marketing? Here's what I want you to say. I want you to say, great question, and we'll get back to that. But the question you should be asking me is, who are we going to market to? Mm. Yeah, I see, like in my mind, right? I see, like, if you're an advertising company and you have to go to a corporate uh, business meeting, let's say with Chick-fil-A, and you're going to show them how you're going to, you know, you're bidding on Chick-fil-A's advertising and you got four other competitors that are going to be bidding on it. Your PowerPoint and your presentation is going to be about, hey, you know, how can we specifically solve Chick-fil-A's problem, right? How can we and, – and then you're going to build this presentation on that, right? And, and so what you're saying is you're doing that but for a seller and you're saying uh, here's your problem and here's your, here's your buyer, Tying into what you just said, this is what your buyer looks like, and this is how we are going to hyper focus on this type of buyer. Like your buyer is an investor, or your buyer is a first time buyer, or your buyer is, you know, a move up buyer, or whatever. Am I am I right with that? Like, what what other categories would a buyer fall into? Three or four different buyers, right? You could have the couple that's moving from their home, you know, in a suburb to a hipper spot in a smaller place. You could have a buyer that is looking for a golf property community. You could have a buyer that makes between 750 and a million and a half a year that shops at Gucci and drives a Ferrari. You could have a buyer. So the more focused you are, and that buyer might be, you know, the Bird Streets in Hollywood, uh, the Brentwood suburb moving to Venice. It could be, you know, the oceanfront buyer. And, and oceanfront buyers, they don't usually restrict themselves to one oceanfront. They may be looking in Miami, Santa Barbara, and La Jolla, for example, um, because most of these people can live and work anywhere because of you know the internet and everything. So once you understand that your buyer is a family with three kids looking for good schools, then that becomes your focus. And so all your marketing would be around schools, family, whatever like that. So you know understanding who your buyer is because what most people do is they just list a bunch of you know features of the house and every house sounds like four plus three you know beautiful gazebo and back pool great view great lot what i mean that's to, I mean, who does that sell anything to right right it's, it's, not, it's not thoughtful and, and and here the thing is you could make it up right i mean you could be wrong it's okay to be wrong just try to be as right as you can and be over specific like you said like your buyer drives this car shops here you know, has two kids and da, da 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 and they know that you're not, uh, you don't have a crystal ball. They know that the people might have four kids instead of two kids. But, but the point is that you'll probably be the only one who says, this is your buyer and this is what I'm going to do to attract said buyer. Exactly. And, 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 and here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the photographs of these parts of the house and emphasize them my copy is going to include the following vernacular because this is going to stand out to that buyer. And I'm going to put my marketing, you know, in, in dark posts on Facebook. I'm going, to, I'm going to focus a little bit on Instagram. I'm going to, but I am going to take out this ad in this golf magazine because your property is a golf property. Whatever it is, you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's showing some, some thoughtfulness that you're going to actually take this property decommoditize that and make it very specific to your specific buyer. It, it, it's very effective. And you know what every client always asks us to, Pat, is, is how are you going to find that outlier buyer? How are you going to find you know, that, that international buyer? How are you going to do these things? And so you've got to be able to be able to talk to that so that you can you know, gain their confidence that you can actually do it. Yeah, and the outlier buyer is usually the one that will pay more. Right. That's correct. So you've got to bring that up because everyone's motivated by greed. You know, I mean, you're, uh, to some degree. So you're like, you know, if we can get this buyer, if we can get a buyer from overseas, they'll pay cash. 
and they'll typically overpay or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Uh, you want to throw out the outlier buyer out there as a possibility, uh, even though even if it's only a three percent possibility, because those are the ones that are, are most attractive. So so we love that because we we know that, you know, everybody's looking for the Chinese buyer. Right. And and, and we realized that, you know, seven um, percent of all sales are to international buyers. Three and a half percent of those international buyers already live in the country. Eighty percent of international buyers um, pay under a million dollars for a property. Only twenty percent pay um, more than asking, where fifty percent of domestic buyers pay more than asking. So when you really break it down and you have your numbers, then you know you're able to sound incredibly powerful. I mean, we were on an appointment, you know, on that hundred fifty million dollar. Um, estate in, in Bel Air and the client, you know, says to us, you know, it's probably going to be a billionaire that's going to buy this house. And my partner kind of chuckled and he was prepared because he had Googled how many billionaires there were in the United States, how many billionaires there were in California, how many billionaires were in LA, what their average holdings were and, and which ones we didn't want to deal with. So that reduced it down to this. So why would you, you know, be super hyper-focused on an, a small company that only reached these areas? And, and, and the client's jaw just dropped because nobody understood billionaires better than us in that moment. Yeah, or you, you could even say, you know, there's 35 billionaires in, in a 100-mile radius of this house, and we're going to send a brochure to all of them. Right, but then we said that the average holdings of these is like X amount in properties. Uh, they, they own X amount dollar value in properties, of which your property always already priced them out. But these are the three that we need to send those flyers to. So it even gets more specific than that. And what was really interesting, you know, we had we had uh, uh, listed this um, this uh, condo project in in uh, Manhattan, New York, at uh, 118 East 59th Street, and um, we were doing a uh, uh, a party at the uh, Montage Hotel in Beverly Hills. And while we were there, um, you know, the billionaire owner of this property was there, and I was able to connect him with the, the listing agent of this $150 million Bel Air property. And we actually created a showing out of that, you know, for that particular piece of property just from that. So again, we proved more viability that we could actually bring a billionaire to that property and, and, and sell it. So, um, you know, having that, you know, kind of a mindset is very, very important. Knowing your stats, knowing how many houses are for sale in the United States and bringing it all the way down hyper local just makes you sound more like an expert. You know, it decommoditizes you. So, you know, just do a little work, do a little research, do a little Googling, and, and you'll sound like a total pro. Yeah, or a lot. You know, don't yeah. be afraid to spend two hours, you know, or more prepping and, and, and pretend that you're, you know, going to try to win this bid from a developer or a builder or Chick-fil-A and you pretend you're an advertising agency. And you know what I mean? Don't be afraid to make a special PowerPoint just for this seller correct correct that's awesome so, yeah so that's that's really fun you know when you when you do your when you do your homework not only on who they are but once you know what their what their hot points are their hot buttons are you can do a little work on that and you can you can sound like a real pro in a quick time okay so what kind of um, market analysis do you guys do i've heard of all kinds of different uh, ways that people do it. Some compare to tax records, some compare to Zillow, some do three comps like an appraiser does, some only look at the active inventory. What does your price analysis look like? Well, first of all, you know, we don't talk about price, we talk about pricing. And it's really important that you don't say sales price or price. You always want to come from, a, from it in terms of pricing. So what we're trying to do in our conversation, Pat, is separate the list price from the sales price. We don't, most clients are going to try to link the sales price to the list price. And we're trying to do the opposite, separate that from them and try to get them into the mindset that the list price is a strategy price. It's a first offering price. It's a price to get us to our goal, whatever price that is. So that's the first part of the conversation. And then we discuss the three strategies of pricing around that. You know, event pricing being where you price the property below market value and you create a multiple offer uh, 
environment so that you can get several offers bidding against each other to drive the price to the highest price. And we talk about when that pricing strategy is the best pricing strategy. We also talk about the opposite end of the spectrum, which is aspirational uh, pricing. And aspirational pricing is very, very effective in certain markets and for certain kinds of properties. So we go over that with our clients when we talk about that with our clients. And then we also talk about what we call perceived market value, which in most markets is the best idea, where you're going to either have a multiple offer scenario or at least a good solid offer, you know, because you're pricing it at perceived market value. So then we, once we go through all those strategies and when to use each, each, each strategy, that becomes, you know, the conversation. And then we like to go to the global perspective. You know what? We got ISIS. We have negative interest rates in Germany. You know, Brexit. England is pulled out of, out of the EU. Down to national where the economy is getting stronger. Jobs are, are picking up. Interest rates that are rock bottom low. You know, some of the national issues. But we got the elections and some uncertainty there. You know, we've got uh, other people saying we're not growing in certain sectors. So just understanding your national, your national environment and then bringing it down to, yeah, but the tree streets of Manhattan Beach are hotter than ever right now. There's very little inventory and, and the demand is high. So that becomes the conversation. And then, you, then what we like to do is break down, like what most agents will do is they'll throw down their, you know, these are the five properties on the market. These are the three that are sold and these are the, the two that are pending. And they get in, and then the conversation turns around to, oh, yeah, I've seen that house, and this has a better kitchen than that one, and that. And that's a good conversation. But what they're missing in that conversation, Pat, is the dynamics between pendings, actives, and sold. Like, let me give you an example. If you've got a lot of active listings, no pendings, and a lot of solds, what does that tell you? Maybe, maybe you're in a buyer's market, yeah. That's correct. We're shifting to a buyer's market. If we're in a situation where there's lots of pendings, uh, few listings, um, and, and a lot of sales, then it looks like a really strong seller's market. So, you know, explaining the dynamics between pendings, actives, and souls is really, really an important piece. And again, don't assume your, your clients know anything. They really don't. All they, all they do is look at, you know, at whatever they can find on the internet and come to whatever conclusions they come. But don't forget, you're the experts. You know all of the, the background information, the, the flaws in the properties, the flaws in the locations of the properties, all those different things. So that becomes the next conversation. So first start, you know, start international, go national, go hyper local, you know, talk about the strategy of the list price, you know, not being the sales price. You know, you're talking pricing, not price. Then get down into the dynamics, and then you can go finally down and, and look at the different properties on the market. You know, when we evaluate properties, difficult properties to evaluate, you first of all try to find properties that are as comparable as possible. Use that as a good starting place. That's always good. It's also good to look at replacement costs. What is the value of the lot? You know, what does it cost to build a similar house? You know, what would that be? That can be a, a, a way to look at, 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 at pricing as well. So replacement costs. Uh, you know, comps, stuff like that. And then you've got to, you know, you've got to add and subtract for whatever is unique or a problem with the property. And that becomes a little more subjective. And that's where your experience as an agent is going to kick in. Wow. Wow. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. So let's, let's dig into the close for a little bit, the closing. How, uh, like some people will go in and, and always be closing, you know, subtle tie downs, things like that. Others will wait to the end and say, you know, are you ready to move forward? What, what, uh, what are your closing techniques? How do you go about closing? Or, or do you just say, here's information. If you like us, we'll docu-sign you the, the contract. Well, I think it's always smart, Pat, to bring the contract with you because if you can, if they, if, if they're ready to go forward and you can sign on the dotted line right there and then, you know, why go back to your office and send them a DocuSign or anything else? You're better off just doing it. You're right there. Get it done. Even if it's on DocuSign and it's on your computer and they sign, whatever, just be prepared in the event that they want to list the property right there and then to do it now. So that's number one. Number two is, you know, it goes back to... Um, what I call, you know, the matrix of a presentation. You know, we've prepared for the listing presentation before, you know, because what happens is, Pat, at every listing presentation, whether you're there for an hour or two hours, you know, let's say they meet with three other people, 
The only thing they're going to remember is your energy pretty much. They're not going to remember what you said about anything, but they're going to remember your energy and whether or not they kind of related to you. If you think about it, they're going to go something like, oh, yeah, that agent, gee, I don't know, but we really liked Bobby Jones because, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's kind of how it goes. So what I think is really, really important is that you've got to think about how can I touch the client more than just once? You know, Mm -hmm. what can I do? to have multiple touches to the client, and it should be a process that you use every single time. Like before the meeting, send them something. We have a selling your home, our plan, with, um, which is a full outline of what it takes to sell a property, which really articulates value and really creates a lot of um, information. So we'll send that before the listing presentation with a letter that says, review this, you know, please, if you have any questions about any of the process, be ready to, you know, be ready to ask us questions about that at the meeting. So you're giving them a homework assignment right up front, which engages with them with you immediately. The second thing is in that in that you can, you know, do something like um, uh, send a, a let, uh, you know, even some testimonials from some of your clients. You could do that in that in that pre package send before the listing. Presentation. Now, now, are you dropping that off? Or are you emailing it? What are you doing? Either way, email is probably the the best, um, but you can drop it off in a package if you want. Either way, testimonials are they videos or are they typed up? Well, I think you could. I mean, I love video texting and things like that, and that could be a great follow up. But I think for the purposes of this and what I was thinking about, you know, just having uh, you know some some blurb on some of your clients clients and what they say about you. Okay. Okay. At at the meeting, you know, we bring our hardcover LP book. We bring our CMA, we bring, you know, some market sample marketing. At least this is my process. Everybody does it a little bit differently. My partners all have their own slightly different thing. Um, but we do, I bring some sample marketing there. The leave behind, I like to leave behind my CMA, my bound LP, and my marketing plan. And then as a follow-up, what we do, which has been so effective, and we do this before the listing and we do it after the listing, is we send letters from the executives. And basically they'll say, Hey, Mr. So-and-so, I know you're interviewing agent A, B, C. I just want you to know you couldn't make a better choice of an agent. We're going to, you know, then I talk a little bit about the company and then I'm going to marshal all the resources of the firm to back that agent so that they'll be successful in the sale of your home. One thing I did recently, Pat, that was so cool. I had an agent that was, um, you know, a top agent in our Newport Beach office and she was competing against another agent and the agent had a huge team. And like about 80 listings. And she, you know, kind of carried between 12 and 14. And it was down between her and that other big agent. And the client was slightly leaning towards the big agent because the agent had convinced her, the client, that because they had so many listings, they'd have more buyers to move around to their property. And so the agent said, this is like a Sunday night at, you know, 6 p.m. The agent said, would you just mind sending the client a, a video text? And I said, no. And I, so I knew who the agent was, and so I, so what I did is I said this. I said I go, I did a video text, and basically what I, what I videoed was, I said, "Hi, this is Peter Hernandez. I'm the president and founder of Telus Properties. Um, I just want you to know that uh, I hear you're talking to, you know, my agent. Couldn't pick a better agent in the world. I also understand you're talking to one of our competitors. I know that agent. The agent used to work for me. Great agent, great person. But let me contrast the two business styles." And then I was able to contrast the two business models and create a case for our agent. And I did this all in a video text. The, I forwarded it to the client, copied our agent. The, the client wrote back a one-word response, smart, exclamation part, point, and signed with our, with our agent. So, you know, it's, it's those multiple touches is what I'm trying to emphasize, whether it's from you as the agent or whether it's from your your broker or your, your company owner, I think is really, really key to show that you're not only focused on them, but that you got your whole team behind you. Yeah, that's I, I love that. First of all, I love that you're willing to do that as a broker with so many agents and 22 offices. And I love that you, you know, rather than just saying hi, you know, uh, or a couple of cliches, you acted like you had knowledge of the people, the house or, or competition which leads me to this important question, and that is a lot of people say it's a rookie mistake to beat up your competitors on the listing appointment. I'm not saying you beat up the, the other agent, but you did bring up the other agent, and you did make a comparison. So can you touch on that? Can you talk to me about 
what you should and shouldn't do with regards to your competition when you know who they are. Yeah, I, 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 I love that. And I'm really glad you asked. That was like a, a softball tee up for me um, because you never, ever, ever, ever want to disparage a competitor. I mean, I really view the agents in our marketplace as our customers. So, you know, to be really, really successful in this business, you have to have agents that want to work with you. You have to have agents that want to show your property, that love, you know, uh, being in deals with you, that when you have an offer on their property, they'll accept your buyer just because they know you close deals and they like working with you. Your relationships with your agents is one of the most important relationships you can have to be successful in the business. That being said, if you're going head to head with a with an agent, you got to be darn sure that they're going to want to feed their family before you feed yours. Does that make sense? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, of course. Right. And it's 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 you know you're you're going head to head mano a mano in a competition, and the way to do that without disparaging the other agent is just to compare your business model versus their business model. And and what does that mean? Yeah, please. Example, if you got a team, and I can defend this both ways, and I'm going to do it for you. If you've got a team going against an individual agent, and the team is saying, you know, I can say for that individual agent, you know, gee, that team leader, their goal is, they're a volume agent, and the way they do their business is, is they go out, they secure the listing, they hand it to one of their team members so that they can go out and get another listing. So let me ask you a question. Mrs. Seller, would you rather have the junior member or your listing agent showing your property? Would you rather have the junior member or the listing agent working with the other broker? Would you rather have the junior agent or the listing agent fielding the calls? And 99% of the time, they're going to say, no, 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 I'm hiring my listing agent. I want them to be working for me. I don't want the, uh, you know, the nurse to be, you know, operating on me. I want the doctor operating on mm. me. So that's, that's the comparison you draw. So, but on the other hand, if I was, if I was representing, you know, cause we have teams in our company, I can, I can defend the opposite just as well. <laughs> I can talk about, you know, the fact of efficiencies. I can talk about the effect of like what he said, having more buyers to pull from. I can, I can, I can, I can easily create a team uh, argument why it's better to work with an agent that's a team. But when you're, my point though is, is not so much whether you're a team or not a team, because I think there's benefits and advantages and disadvantages to both, is that you understand your competitor's models so that you don't disparage the individual or you don't attack them personally or their reputation or their ethics or any of that nonsense. But you can say like, hey, this is the way I do business versus the way, you know, they do business. Yeah, this, this is how we're different, and, 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 and there's no way you know, to change like it. Yeah. Samsung to Apple. There's, a, there's difference in the business model. Why not talk about it? Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. This is, uh, th- this is great stuff, Peter. I, I'm really getting a lot out of it. Um, let's wrap this up by, you know, why don't you give us uh, one last uh, major piece of advice as to how uh, people listening – can always get what they need to think of while they're while they're doing listing appointments. Ninety four percent close ratio, which is which is massive. I mean, that means you go on a hundred listings, you're going to get ninety four. That's crazy. Okay. Well, this is this is great. So I'm going to break it down into three things, and these aren't the only three things. And again, you know, remember that everything you hear here, you got to make it your own. Uh, you've got to kind of customize it so it works with your personality, your marketplace, and who you are, because there is, you know, no one way to do everything. But number one is, I would say, have a process, you know, make sure that you have, you know, uh, the power of preparation, pre-meeting and follow-up, you know, how you run, you know, the actual listing meeting, and then how you um, follow up at the end of that meeting. So make sure you've got a process and a flow. And just like, like Pat said, which is like he called it the call, the walk, the sell, the price, the commission, the close. That's a process right there. And that's a process that he heard from one of the agents on his, on his, on his show. That's their process. But make sure you have a process and make sure you build into that process at least five touches. One of the worst things in the world is you've gone, this is a great, when you've gone on a listing presentation, they won't sign on the spot. You know they're interviewing two more agents. Now you're in a holding pattern and you're waiting for their call. I get this question all the time. 
how do I, you know, follow up now? And that question should have been answered at the very beginning of the process so that you had an automatic follow up. So good process drives good results. Number two, as we talked about this, make sure that you decommoditize yourself. Don't get into that, you know, donkey Shrek thing where you're wagging your tail and saying, pick me, pick me. Yeah. Make sure that you really focus on, on educating the client and solving their problems. And so I think that's a huge piece to being super successful in listing presentations because if you can do those two things, they're going to depend on you. They're going to feel like they need you. They're going to see things and hear things they haven't thought about before that makes them worry that there's other things that they haven't thought about and you're the person that, that knows all about it. So create that, that relationship. And, and, and believe me when I tell you, your sellers think they know more than you and they know nothing. And so you've got to make sure that you can show them how much you know. Number three is, and this is really important, and, and everybody on the call, write this down. Know what your X factor is. We didn't even get to this. We didn't get to two-thirds of what I can talk about on listing presentations. Pat, we got so much more stuff. But the, the X factor, what your X factor is, is so important. And I can't answer that question for you. Yeah, define that. What do you mean by X factor? X factor. What is it about you that makes you different. And then like for, let's just say, for example, I'm going to give you an example. Let's say you have the highest sales price to list price ratio of any agent in your marketplace. If you, so, um, if you, if you, uh, uh, you know, say that I have the highest sales price to, uh, to list price of any other agent in my company, you know, continue to make that your X factor in the presentation. You know, like when you're talking about how you market on social media, this is how I get the highest sales price to list price of anybody in the marketplace. When you're talking about pricing property, this is how I get the highest sales price to list price. So when you know your X factor and you're building your presentation around your X factor and then, you know, later that evening with, when the, when the uh, sellers are talking about, you know, their meetings and how they're going to pick that, that, that one broker, they're going to go, yeah, but you remember, you remember Peter said that he gets the highest sales price to list price and he kind of showed us how he does that. And isn't that what we're really trying to do? Or maybe your, your, your X factor is communication. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. But, you know, building your presentation around your X factor, maybe it's your experience. Maybe it's the way you problem solve. You know, think about it. Really think about it and, and figure out what it is and then work that into your listing presentation. Yeah, I've, uh, I've heard people call that your unfair advantage. Correct. I like that term, unfair advantage. That works too. I love this. Well, well, Peter, this has been great. One question for you is you had mentioned a document that you use at TELUS Properties, which is the 20 things that all sellers want. Would you be willing to share that with me and email that to me so I could uh, share that with our audience? Actually, I can't do that. that. That is our secret sauce. And it's the 10 things that we discovered all sellers want you to touch in your listing presentation and um you know I, I alluded to a lot of it but the you know the, the i can i can i can give you more information if you ever want to do another call um pat on that but i can't turn over the actual material on it because it is it is you know my agents would kill me i'd be hung <laughs> no problem i understand peter well listen Thanks so much for sharing all that you did. Thanks for uh, being so candid. I wish you the best of luck there in Los Angeles area. And listen, if I'm ever down there, I'll definitely uh, look you up. We'll break some bread together. I would love to do that. And it's been a lot of fun, Pat. I love your energy and you're obviously extremely insightful. So thank you so much for letting me participate. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Peter. This episode is brought to you by Rebus University. Hey guys, Pat here. You've heard me talk about Rebus University and the success we're having with it. Have over 120 people taking the listing agent course right now as we speak. Wanted to read you a, a comment. I've got seven comments, all five star comments on it. And it says, wow, first class material Jeff Cohn is a rock star. Rachel Adams is a rock star. All the presenters deliver tons of value. Thank you, Pat, for drawing out that little extra from each presenter. If you are a realtor or thinking about becoming one, invest in yourself with Rebus University. 
I couldn't say it better. Dion hit it right on the head. We've had a ton of people graduate. The other day I read off the list. We've had a lot of people in there talking on the dialogue section. Some of the, the greatest things that people like are are the way we talk about rapport building, commission enhancements, sales techniques, objection handling, all the good stuff that are going to help you beat your competition over and over again on listing appointments and never, ever, ever lose a listing again to a competitor. And we make sure that by creating quizzes, there's 42 tests that you got to take and get an 80% or better on before you get your certificate as a pass for a certified listing agent. So as a listener of the show, I, I have a coupon. It's a hundred bucks off. Just go to hybendigital.com backslash discount, hybendigital.com backslash discount. It'll take you to the Rebus site. And uh, on the Rebus site, which is rebusuniversity.com, you can look at, you can even play in some of the modules. You can look at a couple of the, the videos for free, kind of take it for a test run highly recommend it and of course when you get the course on how to win every listing you get 28 downloads that are completely downloadable print them out change them make put your name on and make them the way you want that all these eight agents from around the world who are top 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 listing agents use on a daily basis when they go on their listing appointment so in addition to the 10 hours plus a video the 42 quizzes and the 28 downloads you get all of that and then you get a discussion board where you can talk to other rebus students at the same time so hybendigital.com backslash discount This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.